welcome to episode 59 of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I'm your host and the founder of Single Mother Survival Guide. I've got such an awesome guest on today. Her name's Maureen Pound and she actually did the whole single mom thing by herself through IVF with a donor. And she is just hysterical. We talk about Tinder spreadsheets to keep track of dates, <laughs> getting laid, her kids meeting the donor dad, so many things. I had such a good chat with her. absolutely loved it. And I hope you guys love it as well. And I'm going to get into it in a minute. But before I do, I just wanted to give you a quick little update on my trip to Perth, which I did promise to talk about. You know what? It was great. I had such a good time. And I think mainly that was because the whole contact with my ex was really minimized. So he picked us up from the airport. He dropped me off at the train station and that was pretty much it. I didn't see them again until the day that we flew out, which was a week later. And I just went to his house and we all went to the airport together. It was really minimal. We had a nice coffee together at the airport afterwards and, you know, it was really good. So I'm really glad that I did it that way and I didn't stay with them again because it was just so traumatic last time and I just didn't want to put my daughter through that again. So yeah, it was great. I had a really good time as well. I caught up with a couple of the girls that I mentor and that was just wonderful. Like it's so nice meeting girls face to face that I work with because normally it's on all on the phone. So it's really nice to put a face to a name. That was wonderful. And it was really nice to catch up with my girlfriends that I stayed with in Perth. And I didn't really do a lot of socializing this time. Usually I try and get out and see a lot of people, but I just kind of hung out with the the people that I stayed with. And it was really nice, you know, with the best catch-ups. We we went shopping, we I did pampering, I we went for walks, we had, you know, beautiful food and wine and long chats and lots of laughing, crying, you know, it was just really nice to hang out with my girlfriends. So it was amazing. Now I've got some exciting news. So the course for the online course for um, single mums to kind of get empowered and change your mindset and get informed and really get you back on your feet is going to be released in a number of weeks. It's very, very soon. Um, There was a delay because I was sick and everything was just a little bit hectic and frantic. And I decided that I needed a bit more balance in my life. So I stopped stopped working till two o'clock in the morning and (laughs) it's just been delayed, which is fine. You know, sometimes you just, there's only so much you can do. But for those that have been waiting, I apologize. It's only going to be a couple more weeks away. And in the meantime, I have created a seven-day mindset rejuvenation, which is going to be quick bursts of actionable steps that you can take to change your mindset from negative to positive. I'm going to put a link to sign up for that mindset rejuvenation challenge in the show notes. And it's kicking off next week on Monday on the 2nd of October. It's seven days. You're going to get these tips delivered straight to your inbox. If you sign up, don't forget to confirm once you have registered for that. And yeah, and then the the course will be kicking off not long after that. So I'm super excited about that. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode with Maureen. I'm sorry for my 
voice. I sound like I'm suppressing a cough the whole time. Um, and that's because I was, I was still kind of recovering from being quite ill when we recorded this. So I do sound a little bit (laughs) sick. Um, but anyway, I hope you guys love it. It's such a great episode. Maureen is hilarious and so open and amazing. Let's get into it. On the show with me today, I have Maureen Pound. Maureen is an IVF single mother by choice and a successful business owner and coach. And she's here on the show with me today to chat a little bit about her life and her experiences. Hi, Maureen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Julia. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. I'd love to, first of all, if, if you could tell us a bit about you, you know, where you live and how many kids you have and what you do. Yep, sure. So um, I'm in inner city Melbourne, a couple of k's from the CBD, um, and I have two children, one a girl who's nine and a son who is six. Um, and as you just mentioned, they're anonymous um, IVF donor, although not so anonymous anymore because we've now met the donor, which is very oh, exciting. wow. And, yeah, and um, I run a coaching and training company, I have done for 15 years, um, and there's two arms to the business. One is about supporting business owners who are passionate about what they do to um, make some decent money and, um, and have fun in the business. And the other arm of the business is actually training people who would like to be coaches themselves and helping them start their own business. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's go back to the beginning, I guess. I'm curious, would you mind telling me, how old you were when you started thinking about doing IVF using a sperm donor? Um, I was 38. Mm-hmm. So um, I was a bit of a party girl um, in my, you know, 20s and early 30s. And then I woke up one day and I was 38 and I'm like, oh, like I'm really getting on here and I may miss out on having children. And I'm youngest of nine children. Wow. So uh, family was really important and I just thought it had happened Uh, and my mother had always encouraged me to you know pursue my career and travel the world because I think in some ways she found quite um her life that she missed out on some things by having the nine children so she wanted her daughters to you know explore life yeah so I did that but I didn't really focus on the man thing Mm. (laughs) and yes I was 38 and then I decided uh, I was very unsure. I started investigating it. So I took myself off to South America for about six weeks uh, with no phone, no internet, uh, just to contemplate life and really work out whether I was brave enough to do it on my own. That's amazing. That's a great idea to just sort of switch off and really think about it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the ironic thing is, well, I got hypothermia during the Inca Trail and nearly died, so that was very oh dramatic. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but I actually came back deciding that I would, uh, that I would wait, right, that I was oh. going to wait for a, you know, and hopefully find a life partner. Yeah. And then the following Monday I was playing squash and there was a woman filling in, in the squash team. And because it was all, you know, fresh in my mind and I was talking about my trip and why I'd gone, she just shared with me her story that she found the love of her life at 40 and it was too late to have mm. children and it was the biggest regret of her life. And mm. then just with that comment, it's like 
the accumulation of all that contemplation led to that where I just went, right, that's it. I don't want to miss out. That was the thing for me. Yeah. So I um, went off to the IVF clinic the next day. Amazing. So I was about to ask you what sort of cemented the decision and I guess meeting that woman was everything. Yeah, but interestingly enough, I think with any decision in life, uh, if that conversation had happened a year, a year previous to that, it mightn't have been a different it outcome. Mightn't have been the thing that tipped me over. But it was because I'd done all that contemplation, and it was like oh, I must have been ready to hear it. Yeah, that's amazing. And how old were you when when that happened? When you made the decision? Um, I think I was heading towards thirty nine. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, so I had my first baby was due on my 40th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's amazing that women do it. I think, you know, I would definitely do it. And I think even now, like I've always wanted to have more children and I've only got one. And if I, you know, in a couple of years, if I don't meet someone, I would definitely do it by myself, I think. Especially yeah. now that I know I can do it by myself. So, yeah. And yeah. when I did it, it was technically against the law at the time. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah. So. I didn't even know. When was it legal? So it was made legal about um, six, five or six years ago, I think. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. So I originally thought that I'd have to go to uh, New South Wales where it wasn't illegal. Um, was illegal in Victoria. So you would have been right in Sydney. Oh, okay. Legal, <laughs> and, illegal um, in Victoria. Yeah, but um, as it turned out, I found a bit of a loophole and, um, yeah, I was able to do it. Fantastic. So talk me a bit through the, the process of choosing a donor and how that works. I guess that's the fun part. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think we you watch too much American TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where you know all the all the young uni students go to this you know to give sperm to earn some money, so it's in Australia. Um, there's no payment that happens um, for sperm donation. In fact, it's a very altruistic thing to do because um, yeah, they have to go through extensive counselling um, and give a lot of their time and um, and energy um, to do it. Yeah. So, you know, usually the men have to, you know, have a real reason or be, you know, be driven to help or, you know, whatever their individual reasons are. Yeah. Um, and so um, often it's quite hard to get donors. So in any given time in Australia, there's probably a total of, of under 100 donors. Oh, my gosh. Because they run out as well because there's laws around how many families they can help create. Yeah. Which is great. Because, yeah. you, you know, you don't want them fathering 100 children yeah. um, for obvious reasons. So, um, yeah, that's, that's another thing that happens as well. So I actually got a ch- choice of five donors and they'd filled in forms. And I still remember the day I went to the, I got the forms and I went and sat in this near, nearby park in Carlton near Melbourne and I read the first one and I cried oh. and I thought, oh, this is, this is the person. So I read the others and they just did not stack up to this person. Um, what was actually, it that you liked about this person? He wrote a message to the unborn child oh. and it was just really um, heartfelt and inspirational and just telling this person that they would be valued to the, to the world and are so wanted and, you know, this is somebody who's not even created yet. That's so, beautiful. It's yeah, making it me really want to lovely. cry. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really lovely. Wow. It's beautiful. And um, 
And, you know, what I find really interesting, though, because I have lots of girls who have done the same, you know, friends now. We go away on um, camps and weekends together. Um, It's called Little Miracles. So we've all got donor-conceived kids. And um, everyone's had chosen very differently. But one of the themes is you sort of choose someone who you would potentially have as a partner. Yeah. Um, Even if it's subconscious, I think. So the things that were really important to me were... um, you know, good family values and education yeah. level. So that's sort of what I went for as well. Amazing. So the decision was made and was he, he was an Australian donor? Yes, so he's an Australian. He was he's a couple of years older than, than I am um, and he works like, he, you know, he's a lecturer at one of the universities and he wrote books and, and um sort of things that I was passionate about. So it just was a really good fit. Oh, that's so um, good. Yeah, and then they've now formed the um, a, um, a donor registry so that you can apply through birth, births, deaths and marriages to get the details of the donor, and we did that. Um, so he has a right to say no. Yeah. Uh, but when, when the children are 18, they can find out his details, but until then he has the right to say no. Um, but he didn't. He was really wrapped that we'd asked and we catch up with him every three months now. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And yeah. so when you put in the details to say that you want to sort of to reach out, do they have to go looking to see if you've reached out or do they sort of get notified that? Um, they get notified. Yeah. Um, they've changed the process uh, about 12 months ago. So it used to be that you just apply through births, deaths and marriages and say, can I have your contact details? And they would know nothing. Like, why do you want my contact details? What right. this is, you know, how yeah. much contact do you want? So they've changed it. So you, now you actually go through counselling and I, I went through a counselling process to... to um, Confirm to that know, you wanted to... Yeah, know. to make me yeah. think things through properly, which is great. Yeah. Then I had to write um, my short-term goals and my long-term goals in terms of what I wanted from him. Right. Which is really good. So yeah. he got he gets that document where he can read and you know about what what I'm really going for here. Yeah. Um, What's your motivation? Yes, yeah, my motivation, and then he can make a more informed decision about um, about whether he wants to give us his details or not. Um, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. He he did. Um, another thing that people get wrong is they feel like oh the poor donors. They're going to be inundated and, you know, they probably don't want to know. The donors I've met are dying to know the details. They would love really? to meet um, yeah. their offspring. So yeah. um, it's quite interesting. Um, and then there have been others, a friend of mine whose donor is happy to show baby photos and, you know, have an email conversation but doesn't want to meet. So, you know, oh, okay. you've got to be prepared for, um, for their answer really. Yeah, that's true. And so tell me about that first meeting. What was it like? Did you tell the kids? Like how did you explain that? Oh, yeah, no, they came. Yeah. Um, so we met just at the Botanic Gardens here in Melbourne. Um, there's a children's um, beautiful garden. And we turn up and my daughter's very quirky. And um, so this is a couple of years ago now. So she would have been just turned seven. And she takes one look at him leans forward and says, you've got grey hair, your form said it was brown. (laughs) 
so that was before she'd even said hello. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. you got to love the honesty of children. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So but he was great. So we went to the garden and they played and then they'd come every now and then they'd come back and have a chat and then they'd just go off. So it wasn't yeah. like he just sort of sat. He's the sort of person who sits back a bit and he's a bit shy. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that would have been such a spin out for him as well. Yeah, yeah. But he'd actually, he's met um, one of the other um, families as well. And now we've met that family. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah, so. Half um, siblings. There's a term for it. They're called dibblings. Donors. Oh, really? Yeah. Dibblings. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) And how many, so so do you know how many dibblings there are? um, Ten. Oh, cool. And all over Australia or all in Melbourne? Um, No, it goes through Melbourne IVF, so they'd all be um, in Melbourne, I'd say. Wow. So does he get made aware of how many children are conceived using his Yeah, Yeah. so we both, you can apply and we, he knows how many and what ages. Um, and they're interestingly enough, they're all mostly around my eldest daughter's age. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but a lot of the other families may not be um, single parent families. So, yeah. they they would maybe not be looking to uh, to find the donor as much as say a single a single mother would. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they haven't made contact with him yet. Yeah. Right. And so. Does he have his own sort of family? Like no, you, no, no. He's a lovely person. He's really quirky. Maybe that's where my daughter gets it from. <laughs> um, and he lives in a in like a granny flat at the back of his parents' property. Yeah. Um, never married, um, and quite private. Highly intelligent, kind. He's just a nice person. Yeah. Um, right. And but we did meet his. Uh, his mother and his three sisters. Oh, that's really nice. Um, and that was just full on. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, in a good way or a bad way? Oh no, not not really a good way. It was pretty confronting. Oh really? Um, he's so private. He had not told anybody. Oh my gosh! So he told them we have this pretty good relationship now, and I usually give him um, multiple choice when when <laughs> you know when I'm trying to get something out of him. Yeah. So he'd, uh, he'd invite us for morning afternoon tea on this Saturday and I think I rang him on the Wednesday or Thursday and I said so we know right for afternoon tea yes yes I said have you told you know the family you know it's family expecting us and he goes oh sort of and I said okay is it a they're just expecting a friend over and they don't know that we're you know they're your anonymous donor of children b you've told them nothing c you know anyway it turned out it was a so they knew we were coming, but they didn't know who we were. Um, and so he told them the night before. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, how did they take it? Um, I think his mother was still in shock and, you know, traditional values. So, it was, yeah, it was pretty hard. Um, and, yeah. Um, I think Were they nice to you guys, though? They, they, were, they were lovely. They were lovely. Oh, good. But, you know, I had two kids who, you know, um, was very confronting for everyone, I think. Yeah. But I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. So no no Christmas barbecues? <laughs> no, no. He, you know, he'll come, he came to my a fa- family Christmas do of mine a week after I met him um, and that was confronting 
after him because my sister's had a few wines and, you know, gave him the third degree, so. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. so funny. You've got to love family, don't you? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when there's some alcohol involved. Oh, exactly, oh, exactly. Yeah. And I've got to share, so at this um, I was going overseas. I was taking the kids to Disneyland and on a Caribbean cruise um, over over Christmas. So I'd, I'd organised this family Christmas at my place um, early December that year. Yeah. And I'd met him the week before and I just thought, well, stuff it. You know, my family interested, so I invited him along to this, you know, family yeah. um, party. And he was first to arrive. So we went and sat out in the garden and um, and then, you know, my sisters arrived fashionably late. And then I could, all I could hear is my daughter, again, in the lounge room, we could hear her from the back garden, yelling um, to, my, to my sisters, their aunties, oh, hi, Auntie Pauline, Auntie Judy, the sperm donor's in the back garden. <laughs> like this. That is I so like, funny. Oh, great. Yeah, cool. You're going to have some great stories for a 21st. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's hilarious. How did you, um, I mean, you've obviously brought them up always sort of knowing and being really open with them about, um, you know, how they were born and all that sort of stuff. Like how did you do that when they were younger? Um, Well, interestingly enough, there's a seminar, it's called Time to Tell, Time to Tell seminar. It was actually on this weekend for people in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, And it... You spend a day hearing people's stories and there's counsellors there who share with you the best way to um, to tell. And it's a little bit like adoption used to be where um, in the old days it was all hidden under the carpet and at some time, some point in your life, you might get told you were adopted um, or God forbid that Auntie Margaret had a few wines and accidentally told you. <laughs> Don't want those situations happening. Yeah. So... The, uh, the philosophy around it is that there is never a time that they don't know. Mm. So even as their children, you will say, you know, mummy loves you and we're so lucky that, you know, you've got a, um, a special donor who helped yeah. create you. So those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and then it just becomes the norm. We hang out with other donor kids, as I said. Yeah. Um, That's and, great cause, because then it is their normal as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, of course, you know, Sometimes they, you know, they might say they want a dad, and um, yeah, sometimes I want a husband too. But you know, <laughs> we just combat that with, do you really want a big smelly man to move into the house? They go, yeah. nah. <laughs> Finish. That's the end of that conversation. It's easy. Um, <laughs> um, but the other little funny story again, my daughter, um, when she was about two and a half, I moved her from a cot into a bed, this little bed, and she's in this bed, and then. Um, we'd been talking about the donor that day and then she just started rocking in the bed, um, sobbing, saying, I want my donor, I want my donor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've traumatised her. Oh, my God, how am I going to deal with this? Um, she was saying doona. She wanted a doona. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, dear. You're thinking, oh, my God, I've mentally, like, damaged her. I, I've scarred her for yeah. life. What am I doing? I think I followed the instructions of what they said I was supposed to say. <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh and so the IVF process is just as any other IVF process isn't it yes and, and and but I think this is the same with single parenting with you know all of this it really is how you view it yeah 
So people say, was it hard? Was it traumatic? Um, no, it was. It was. It was emotional. It was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. But I was determined. I was lucky with Lana. Um, it, you know, they only had to take. They took four eggs. Um, the first two didn't work, but one of the second lot did. So I was lucky. Yeah. Um, Flynn. Well, I wasn't so lucky. He took a while. Uh, you know, I got to eleven weeks and I miscarried. Um, you know, and it took over a year, you know, um, probably 15 months of treatment mm. to for him to come along. Um, and so my advice is that, you you know, you stick at it as long as financially you can and yeah. emotionally you can. Yeah. Um, I sort of had this inner knowing that I was going to be successful. So, uh, I mean, I was, so, yeah. and, you know, and obviously very lucky um, to have my first at 40 and my second at 42. Yeah. I actually tried for a third. Um, yeah. And I got close with it there too, but I, you know, then I just I, something a switch went on, and I went, no, nah, I think, yeah, I think you finished. Right, yeah. Sometimes yeah. if you know, you got to go with your gut. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and everyone's journey is is, is obviously different, and um, you know, some people I know, you know, try once and it's too much for them, and that's fine. You've just got to, you know, you go with what's right for you at the time. Yeah. And can I ask what the costs involved are? Yeah, sure. Um, like a tripled in price between the first and the second. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, so I think it was used to used to cost you about five grand, and you got half back. Um, and then it's yeah, it's more about ten to fifteen grand, and you get half back from Medicare. Yeah, um, and that's one round, you know. So you it could be like seven grand out of pocket. But what's happened? I'm not. Um, Obviously, I've been out of it for a while now because the youngest is um, six. But um, there are cheaper clinics popping up, right? You know, because that? I think there used to be Melbourne. You know, or, you know, it's probably Sydney IVF, Melbourne IVF, Monash IVF. You know, there weren't that many, yeah. but now there are some. Um, there's more competition, so I think the prices will start coming down again. Yeah, right. Oh, that's good. Mm. So, yeah. did you find that? Because you were on your own from the start and, um, you know, you'd raised your daughter um, as a baby on your own, it was easy to go again or did you, because you didn't know any different sort of thing or um, were you scared to have a second one on your own or was it never really a question? Um, I think that's a great question. So for me, the norm was on my own. Yeah. So I, yeah, there was no question that I wanted another one. Yeah. Did I realise that how full on was going to be? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like anything. So, the you know, when the second was born, I reckon I didn't get a proper night's sleep for two years between the two of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I was pretty full on. And, um, you know, I'd laugh. I'm probably oversharing, but I didn't have sex for seven years. Like it was, I was tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't dating. I wasn't like my whole life for these these children yeah um so is it um, easier now that they're older yes it is yeah I still I still um it's my word is it's um it's just full on and constant they're my they're my terms well because there's no break really do you have support do you have like your family helping you out if you need um no and that's what's really interesting my family are beautiful but they're not really interested they're all older than me they're a bit over it yeah. Um, so 
I had this, you know, beautiful romantic picture of my family helping um, and two sisters in particular, you know, one would help lots more but she lives, you know, 365 k's away in the country Um, and another one helps but it's probably once every six weeks if I'm lucky to get half a day. Yeah. Or a day. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, Family's great but they don't always... um... Well, they have their own lives as well, so yeah, it's really exactly. hard and for them to... A friend years ago said to me something about um, having having no expectations of other people and then you don't get disappointed. Yeah. The thing is with you know my friends who come, you know, their marriages are broken up, is they have expectations of this person and they have expectations and that's where they get upset when the expectations aren't met around, you know, sharing custody of the children or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so with this, you know, no one else is has responsible for this for these children except me. So yeah. really, the buck stops with me. Yeah. And so whenever I get a bit annoyed or um, say mean things in my head about my family, <laughs> or you know, not getting enough help, yeah. I just say, "No, Maureen, my, my line is you signed up for this." You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. the other thing is, help comes from people you would least expect. Totally. No, I am um, on my daughter's first day of school. So she was five and the um, little boy was two and a half. I fell down the school stairs and broke my leg in three places. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and I was holding him. I just fell badly. Um, and so I was out of action for a couple of months and it was amazing. I got on Facebook. I had someone I hadn't seen for 20 years. I used to work with her as a teenager. She's lovely. She had foster kids of her own. You know, she came around with all this food and um, another girl I knew through my networks took them for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just amazing. It um, is and I, sometimes the unexpected people. Yeah. And also I must say um, when I had the children, I had two flatmates. And um, they hung around for quite a while, actually. One of them hung around just until last year. So we lived together for 14 years. Wow. And um, she's still very, a very big part of their lives. So in a way, I was very lucky. So I had this person living with me who the difference between a partner is I, I, didn't, I couldn't have expectations to just hand the baby over to her whenever I wanted. No. But if she wanted to help, she would, and she did help a lot. And she was probably just even having that person around so that you could go, look, we've just run out of milk. Do you mind if I've just popped the shop? Yeah, um, I know. That yeah. I, I said to her recently, do you know what? I bought, I have to bought, um, I bought cleaning products and toilet paper the first time in 14 years. Because <laughs> 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 she just always is really good. Like, even she even brings wow. stuff when she comes around now. Yeah. Um, and she's a very big part of the kids' lives, you know, lives. They, go there for um sleepover but again it's you know maybe once every three weeks or once a month or whatever so um and so what i'm doing now is i have you know started dating again or or trying to do some more stuff for myself um but now it's weighing up do you want to use your babysitting friends you know how how much do you really want to go is really the question i often ask myself yeah i'm the same when i have the opportunity to do something if my daughter's having a sleepover or something I'm like do I want to go out or do I just want to relax and have a bath and you know it's it's hard because you've got to kind of balance looking after yourself as well as having a social life yeah yeah and how old's your daughter she's four Yeah. yeah and I think it gets easier when they do start having um sleepovers yeah but you know they start getting to that age where um it's like, oh, wow, you know, I do have yeah. a free evening. 
Yeah, it's great actually. And like my daughter, like my parents are sort of the same as yours. They're, you know, they're wonderful family and great grandparents, but they're not, I mean, you know, my parents still work and I've got half brothers who one's just finished his HSC, which was like the final year 12 exam in New South Wales. And the other one's still in high school. They're very much, you know, still got their own lives. They're not like the stereotypical grandparents that can just, <laughs> you yeah. know, have her for the weekend and spoil her. And I mean, she definitely gets spoiled, but you know, it's not as often as um, I guess I did sort of expect. Um, but sh- so she does still have sleepovers there occasionally. And but she's also got sort of a group, a really close group of core friends from daycare. And yeah. I'm really good friends with all the parents. So their their kids will come to me for a sleepover and my daughter will go to them to have a sleepover, which happens, you know, probably at least once a month, which is really nice. And for me as well, what's made a huge difference is becoming friends with a lot of other single parents because it's easier to help each other out, I think. Like you're more, we're more prone to help each other out because we know that it's hard, you know. So I'll have some of my single parent friends, their kids for a sleepover and then my daughter will go to them, you know. So it's kind of good to be able to help each other out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, they say that single women have the the um the widest networks. Yeah. Through necessity. It is um, necessity. Yeah. So um and yeah, you've just got to find those people who are supportive and you can be supportive of them. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about dating. How's that been going for you? Um so um I decided to do something for myself 18 months ago well for charity as well so we had to I had to raise over five thousand dollars and then ride a hundred kilometers in Thailand over five days on a bike wow amazing Um, yeah with a group of 50 other entrepreneurs and it was just really life-changing for me in so many ways and um and some of the boys some of the guys like a lot of them were married or you know in relationships or whatever but they was just having fun and they were just being flirty and just being fun guys yeah. and I'm like gosh I forgot about this <laughs> <laughs> oh I remember this from 20 years ago <laughs> and um and then the last I think it was the second last night we had dinner and everyone got up on stage and had to tell a bit about their story and why they were doing the ride um and you know those those times where Someone, the first few people set the tone. Yeah. So instead of being really lighthearted, it started getting really heavy. Oh, God. You know, I've lost 50 kilos and it's changed my life and um, I was abused as a child and, and all this sort of stuff, people oh, sh- shit. sharing. I'm like, oh, my God. And um, I do like being the centre of attention and I was second <laughs> last. I'm like, what can I say? So I'm trying to think, you know, trying to think of what I could say uh, to impress the audience. So I stood up and said, you know, one of the reasons was for the orphans, obviously, to raise money for them, but to do something very special for myself. Um, and I, t- I shared it, you know, I've spent these last seven years just totally um, doing stuff for my children. So I declare in all of, in front of all you tonight that I'm going to go home and get laid. Yay! <laughs> so the whole room erupts. Yeah. And then some of the guys came to me after it and said, Oh, Maura, you need to get on Tinder. And they give me Tinder lessons and all this sort of stuff. That is so And one of them came up and he said... Um, Did it any help? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but that's a good line. Um, but he said, Maureen, when you get home, what I think you should do is on our, our group Facebook page, just when it happens, just write tick. That's it. 
and we'll all know. <laughs> so but then I was on a mission. So <laughs> yeah. I got home and then I think it took me two days. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so as far as the dating's been going, um, I don't want to find a partner, a life partner right now. I don't yeah. feel like I have the time and energy, yeah. but I like male company and um and having some fun so yeah. i've just been getting out there and you know meeting some people and having a bit of fun and it's been really nice that's good and okay. i have a spreadsheet <laughs> a spreadsheet oh my gosh please yes. tell me about the spreadsheet well the spreadsheet is um that i just want to keep track really <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love spreadsheets. Maybe I should create one. So what have you got on there? Um, like just who you've been on a date with and. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and I've <laughs> just like, have they made me feel or in just a few little notes yeah. about them, maybe what they do. Um, there's some that I sort of um, saw over a period of time, you know, so it was, yeah, it's just to keep um, record of this adventure and this journey really yeah and I think it will evolve like there's and you know I've just been exploring that you know I've found out that there are a lot of younger guys out there who like um older women and I think sometimes it's um it's looked down upon um but I've really enjoyed it and they've been really fun and they're really nice people and really normal people say online dating you know are you gonna meet the people every time I meet them they're exactly as I think they're gonna be Oh, that's good. It sounds like yeah. you've had been really lucky. I yeah, haven't so really had any major terrible Tinder disasters, yeah, I have to say. No. So it's been um it's been fun. As I said, it'll probably evolve, you know, through another stage. But I really, you know, often they'll say, Oh, I like doing things, you know, and so do I, but what am I am I gonna give up my kids every weekend so I can go bike riding or um to galleries with you? You know what I mean? Like it's just Yeah. It's impractical, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I don't know, it's, I think, you know, things change. Like, I don't even know if I, that's why I think maybe I would do it on my own even over trying to meet someone because I don't know if that's where I want to dedicate my time and energy. Like, I really love my life at the moment that I have and I love being able to just do everything with my daughter and focus on my business and you know, I, I don't know if I really want to prioritise trying to find a life partner right now. Maybe it'll change in a couple of years, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah. It'll it's interesting how it'll, it'll evolve actually, because women actually need partners less and less. Yeah, I think so. Cause because you get, you know, I get, you know, I think well, I've got so many people around me who give me emotional support. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm sort of getting my needs met, but but not through the one life partner, if you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah, through a bunch um, of different avenues. Yeah, so it'll be interesting um, to see. But I think you're right, you know, it's um, and if you look around you at how many relationships that you you admire, oh, there's not many. There's not many. No, and and it's not to bag your friends, but you just go, you know, it's um, pretty full on. It is. Sometimes I look at my friends and, I mean, some of them do have great relationships, but other times I just think, I'm so glad that I don't have to deal with this stuff, you know. It's just one less drama in my life that I just don't even have to worry about. It's peaceful. Yeah. 
and you can just make decisions on your own, you know, it's yeah. great. Tell me, when you decided to go down the IVF route, sorry, this is jumping back a bit, but how did your family and your friends sort of, and even colleagues, I guess, react to your decision and did you tell them or did you just wait until you were pregnant? No, once I decided and I um, I remember walking through um, the gardens in the city and I rang my mum and my mum was, was quite elderly at the time and um, probably about 80. Um, yeah, she'd have to be. No, she was in her 80s. So she was 80, 83 or something. Um, and I explained it to her and she said, oh, but I thought you wanted to find a partner. And I said, I do, Mum, but time's running out, so I think I'll have the baby. I might find a partner late, later. Yeah. And she said, oh, who'd want you and a little baby? <laughs> but it wasn't, that's that's the way I remember it. I retell the story. It, it was just her brain clicking over. Yeah. Thinking in her mind, well, it's harder to find a partner if you've got a baby is really what I think she meant. But it was yeah. quite funny till this day. I just oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, most most sisters supportive. Um, my brother's particularly supportive, actually, which was surprising. You know, sometimes you think men might yeah. react differently to the fact that you know women are going off and doing something. Yeah. Um, and sort of negating the need for a partner in a way. Yeah. They're really supportive, and and then. Um, I've got one sister who doesn't really agree with it and never will really, but she's not that outspoken that um, she, you know, talks about it or anything, but I just know that it's against her values. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's that's her choice. I remember I was pregnant with the second and her daughter was living overseas and, you know, she's very close to her daughter and the daughter came home and it was about a week before I gave birth to the second child and my sister hadn't even told her. Your sister hadn't told her daughter. Yeah, that I, that I was having another baby. You know what I mean? You really? think of your family news. Yeah, <laughs> that's really um, strange. And my mother didn't either, so, but she didn't have the tools. To, what was she going to say to the golf ladies? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I used to get a bit hurt because, you know, there'd be announcements all over the place about other births in the family. Yeah, um, and you think, why before. aren't they proud of? But really proud, but there was nothing yeah. said. Aww. And... Um, but again, if you logically look at it, you've got a woman in her eighties who does not know what to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's pretty modern, isn't it? Yeah, and when the women did find out, they congratulated and they rap for her. It was just yeah. that she didn't instigate the conversation, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So, um. And then I've got like I think I've got another friend who oh, doesn't agree with it either, but she doesn't talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the, at the time she questioned me when I said I was going to do it. Um, and that's the surprising thing. You just don't know what who's going to think what and people surprise you. People do. You know, because I come from a, you know, big Catholic family and my sister, who's a staunch Catholic, like full on, um, she's been, you know, just so supportive and wonderful and she's travelling around Australia at the moment and sends my kids a postcard every single week and, you know. Yeah, it's um, sweet. She's really supportive. So, um, yeah, you get different rea- reactions. Mostly people are really positive and supportive overall. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, it's hard for you as well because you've got such a massive family. You've got like 10 people that have to agree. Like the chances of that happening are not likely. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the thing is we all love and respect each other yeah. even if we annoy each other occasionally. And yeah. so even if you don't agree with it, it's not that you, you know, it's going to affect your relationship. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah. Well, that's good. How have you managed to create and run such a successful business whilst being a single mom? Was that something you'd started beforehand? Yeah, it was because um, I, I studied coaching back when no one really knew what it was. Yeah. Um, and so I had the high-flying corporate job that's, you know, I was travelling the world and it seemed really exciting but I was really bored with it. Um, and I was sitting on the train one day and I saw this article about coaching and, you know, and then that sent me on that trajectory. Um, and so I studied it and there were no jobs for coaches so I really was sort of pushed into doing my, starting my own business if I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and then it evolved from there. So I started doing a bit of life coaching and then someone invited me along to a business meeting and I went along and got two clients on that met that day. And that sort of was, um, the start really within the first year I was nominated for a, a business growth award. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, and it was great when I had the kids because with coaching, you know, you could see a client for an hour, an hour and a half. I used to have a nanny who'd come in and I'd just chuck on a suit, go out and see the client and come back. You know, it was great. I only had to do a few a week. Um, and it's something that I've always been really passionate about. Yeah. Um, and um, I want to be I want to be seen as being successful and independent and, you know, Lana's already been probably to 10 countries, um, yeah. Flynn probably eight. Yeah. And because I want that to be part of our lives, I want to give them great experiences. So really that's they, they drive me um, yeah. to be successful. Um, and then I've, you know, continued my education um, and around, you know, around growing business. And, um, um, yeah, you know, so I'm expanding. I've got um, – oh, here's one for you. Um, the guy, the latest coach on board um, – is a guy I went to primary school with who I had a crush on. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. He, he now works for me full time and he's just fantastic. Wow. And I no longer have a crush on him. But um, <laughs> he was the cutest boy in primary school and he was the most intelligent and the kindest. So I think wow. I did really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a great coach. So for me now it's, it's not coaching all the clients as I have done for so many years and getting people on board so that I can scale the business. Yeah. Um, because I I did it also because I want to go to the sports day. You know, yeah. I want to go to assembly on a Monday morning if they win an award. You know, I yeah. want to do all that sort of stuff. So there's no point me running a business and, um, you know, and all the risks involved in doing that if I'm not getting um, the benefits. Exactly. Well, that's part of the reason why people start businesses, isn't it? So that they do have that flexibility. Yeah. And you know what? It's pretty nice. Um, I just work with such awesome people and it's such a joy that, um, like, it's pretty cool. And I talk to my kids about it all the time. Like, you know, I said to them, we were having a discussion in the car the other day because that's when most good discussions happen, you know. Yeah. And, um, and. Flynn was asking me about, you know, should we go to university or should we start our own YouTube channel? And um, I said, you can do whatever you know, you like. It'd be great if you're passionate about whatever you do and that you're making a difference in the world. And he goes, one difference? Why can't I make 10 or 100 differences in the oh, world? Oh, wow. 
I said, sure, you can, mate. <laughs> so um, that's part of our dialogue as well, yeah. you know, just um, just going for it in life. And what's the worst that can happen? Do you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't work. You're yeah. hardly going to be destitute in Australia. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I think, you know, it's just it's so inspiring to talk to single mums who are you know, wonderful mums and, you know, killing it in their careers or running a business and you've got three investment properties I think as well. Like it's just it's amazing. Yeah, thanks. And it just I'll goes just, to show yeah. that it doesn't have to, being a single mum doesn't have to disadvantage you or hold you back, you know, from achieving anything. No. And, um, you know, because I've, I've coached a lot of women over the years and, you know, People say, you know, there's the glass ceiling, and there is. But I think women put the ceiling there for themselves as well. Mm. Um, and it's quite fascinating when I'm coaching women. Um, they often won't talk about money when they're setting goals. Like money is important. Yeah. Um, and I think it should be talked about and they should have their eye on it. Um, and they should use, you know, um, I'd really encourage them to use empowering words words around it i'm part of some single mums facebook groups and sometimes i just i don't want to be on there. like it's, it's a bit depressing because it's all about problems yeah and um you know whatever you look for you find so if, you, if you're looking in the drama and the problems all the time that's what will be happening for you yeah exactly. and i'm not saying that shit doesn't happen but you know don't um, focus on it don't focus on it. Focus on your vision and your planning and, you know, what you really want for, for life. So one of my goals was because being youngster nine, I didn't get on a plane till I was 20 because they couldn't, have, you know, we couldn't afford yeah. it. Um, and I've always wanted to go to Disneyland. Um, yeah. So I pretended the trip was for the kids, but it was really for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to go too. I mean, I have gone once as a, you know, in my 20s, but I can't wait to take my daughter to go. Yeah. So that was something, you know, so I set that as a goal rather than even, you know, making an amount of money, but it was it was about it was about the money and success in the business to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and we still talk about that trip. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, and people often say to, oh, don't take your kids, you know, because they won't remember. And it's really about um, their, their experiences of forming them every day and forming their values. And so I'd say take your kids everywhere, you know, take them to other countries. It'll form part of who they are yeah. as, as people, as human beings. Yeah. Um, so it's not really about memory. Um, you know, it's about helping them develop as people. So. Yeah. I've been taking them everywhere. You know, I had work in Asia, I used to take them. And, um, That's great advice. Yeah, and you just find a way. And if you're on a plane, you're not coping, all you need to do is cry and yeah. everyone helps. <laughs> exactly. Have a cry, have a, a woman wine. on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah it's, been, um, it's been quite an adventure. And yeah. I always say too, what's the worst that can happen, you know? I'll sell some houses. We'll, you know, we'll do something. Like it's just... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think we sweat, we sweat the small stuff way too much. Oh, we do. We do. Tell me, do you have any advice for anyone that's thinking of going down the path that you've gone down? Um, yes. Um, I would be getting them to ask, some, ask themselves some questions about um, what their ideal would be and what's the most important thing to them. You know, um, and if bringing Checking a child in into the world is, you know, one of the most important things in their life um, and they're getting on, then I would really consider going down that path. 
um, your egg quality really drops after 35, like significantly, and I don't think we're educated enough around that. Mm. Um, and it just gets harder and harder. And um, and you don't need Prince Charming to save you anymore. You can, you know, you're a strong, independent woman and you can do it if you want to do it. Um, and you'll... Um, they've also done some research on... Um, children of IVF, single mums, and they're usually um, just as well adjusted, if not more, than two-parent families. Um, you know, they do really well socially. There's so many, you know, pluses for it. Yeah. Um, that um, I'd highly recommend it, but you just need to go through the process of working um, working out that it's a right decision for you because for some people it might not be. And for my friend it wasn't. She never, ever wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's fine too. Um, and also, if you know, it's okay if you don't want children, you know. But yeah. for me, when I, you know, if you ask people what the most memorable time in their life or the best time is usually the birth of their child. Yeah. And I really wanted to become part of that club. So that's when I knew that something that I really had to do. Um, so um, there's lots of organisations out there to help you um, where you can look into it. There's a face group, Facebook groups where you can join the group and ask questions about it. Um, and, you know, there's face-to-face groups. So I'd start um, investigating, talking to people who have gone through it um, and then weigh up what's really important to you. Do you have the name of that Facebook group? I might put it in the show notes in case anyone's interested. Um, um, I think it's... Uh, uh, SMC, um, Single Mothers by Choice. Okay. Um, and then you, it it's very, um, it's a private group and you've got to um, um, apply to join. So yeah. because people are discussing very personal stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, so you need to be, you know, obviously thinking about it um, and obviously um, single, et cetera. And, um, yeah, it's a great forum to um to get your questions answered. Yeah. Um, and then if you do go down that track, you know, it's, you know, every day I love it because there'll be, you know, new, newborn babies or uh, or people even, you know, sharing their not so wonderful experiences, but you've got sort of your tribe of woman, women there to support you Yeah. Um, to get through it. So it's really nice. Oh, that sounds really nice. Mm. What, um, what about, what would you say to someone like me who's 34 who say, you know, probably wouldn't do it next year, but maybe in the next two to three years. Is it worth sort of looking into the egg extraction process now if egg quality drops so dramatically from 35? Um, I would go and have some some tests. The thing is, um, that's another thing that people don't really understand. So um, eggs on their own don't survive very well. Oh, you've got to When they're turned into an embryo, they do. Yeah. So um, an egg with a sperm is much stronger to be frozen than um, eggs. So you could decide to get them your eggs extracted. And besides the expense, um, the likelihood of you being able to use the egg is still quite low. Yeah. Um, so that's why a lot of people... Um, so I'd have to pick a donor, do all that, and then freeze them and then see if I want to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, but even they're even not that keen to do that. So what they they're not the clinics are not that keen keen to um, to they'd rather you do it when you're ready to do it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I'd say, I'd say go and have some tests so they can, they can just ascertain your egg quality. Yeah. Um, and that you've got nothing else going on. Um, the fact that you've had a child before is a very good sign, but do you know what I mean? And then you yeah. just be clearer about, um, what your chances are in the next couple of years. Yeah. That's so that's what I'd, that's what I'd be doing. And then when you were ready, then I would go and go down the path because it takes, you know, obviously several months for the process to happen as well. Yeah, for sure. To, um, yeah, you have to go on all the drugs and, you know, it's pretty hard on your body and then you, you know, choosing a donor and you have to go through counselling and, you know, it's quite a, you know, it's almost six months before you even can start. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but all, and also you never know, um, just might meet someone really special you never know you just never know <laughs> maybe <laughs> um better start wrapping up but I just wanted to finish off by asking you um and this is something that I like to ask all the single moms that come on is um do you have any words of wisdom for any new single moms that might be listening to this with IVF or not just um you know new single moms um you are good enough. You can do this. You're an awesome mum. Um, I would just say um, also don't be hard on yourself. Um, if the child is, you know, clothed and you're feeding it, well, that's a bloody good start. Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't get caught up too much in doing things right or perfectly. Um, you know, it's about loving the child. And that's the most important thing. And if you do that, then that child has such a wonderful start in his life. Yeah. So um, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses or being perfect. It's about, you know, being you and offer what you've, you've got to give as a person and, and as a mum um, and that you're not alone. There's loads of support out there. Um, so don't be afraid to ask. That's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that. That's I think... Okay. Um, there's so many advantages of going down the route that you've gone and what you've done. And I think one of the major advantages that um, in terms of being a single mom is that you don't have to navigate that whole ex relationship. <laughs> so that's a, that's a I know it's, it's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> what school or what school they're going to do? I'll decide. Yeah. You can make shall we go overseas? Time. I'll decide. Yeah. No? <laughs> Um, don't do that. I'll ask dad, but there's no dad to ask. Yeah, no I'm the boss. Pay off against. Like it's yeah. just in a lot of ways it is really um, very straightforward. My yeah. kids have hardly even seen conflict because yeah. who am I going to have arguments with? You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. um, it's, quite, um, it's quite peaceful in a lot of ways. Yeah, sounds really nice. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Maureen, for coming on to the show with me today and sharing your story and your experience. It's, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Not at all. Love chatting. Um, I just like to congratulate you, Julia. I think it's um, it's a great show and it's a great opportunity for um, other single women to realise that they're not alone. And um, so, well done. Oh, thank you. And it's you know, well, I couldn't do it without women like you and the other women who've come on to share their experiences because I just think it's really nice if you're a new single mum to hear from other people who've been through similar things. So it's nice to know that you're not alone, like you said. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing.
No worries. <laughs> okay, well, have a lovely day. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. I hope you guys loved that chat with Maureen. It was really nice to speak to her and I'm so glad that she came on to share her story. And if you want to get in touch with her, have a look at her website, which is www.maureenpound.com. I will put that link in the show notes and you can email her directly at info at maureenpound.com and I will put that email address in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Maureen. Love chatting with you. And I'm sure that, um, you know, we've all got something great out of that. I just wanted to add as well, I couldn't find that Facebook group that Maureen mentioned, but it, I couldn't find the exact group, but there's so many similar groups out there. So just, you know, have a search, type in single mothers by choice, um, you know, for whatever area, or I saw one single mother's by choice with multiples and there's so many different options so if you do want that support and you want to ask some questions just you know have a search through some of those groups to see what's out there if you guys have enjoyed this podcast I would love it if you could rate it in iTunes and the reason for this is because it makes it easier for new single parents to find so to do that you just go to the podcast app you go to the search function on the bottom and type in single mother survival guide and then there's a tab sorry first you have to click on the actual podcast uh, single mother survival guide then there's tabs one of them is reviews so you press reviews and then you just um, press on write a review and then you can rate or write a review. I'd really appreciate it. And I really appreciate everyone who's already left a review. Um, I love reading them. So thank you so much. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at single mother survival guide and you can check out my website, which is www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. I will put all these links in the show notes as well. And you can find my blog there. You can find all the other episodes of my podcast. You can also find out how I can help you. And you can find out how to book in for a complimentary 30-minute clarity call if you need some mentoring assistance. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And I will speak to you next Wednesday. Okay, bye.